Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the My Nights Are Booked podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and today I am thrilled to bring you an interview with Josh Glass. He's the star of the new passion flicks movie, Tangled, which is based on the book Tangled by Emma Chase. And if uh, if you if you know me, you know that I've been excited about Tangled for a while now. Um, there's just something that's there's so many things that make Tangled a special story. It's it's the the male perspective. It's breaking the fourth wall. It's all of the things that that Emma Chase is is known for in her writing. And so I've been really excited to see how the cast and crew bring the movie to life. And I, and to be honest with you. It's one of my top movies that I've been kind of anticipating for a while now, and I was not disappointed. I absolutely loved the movie. I think it's it's refreshing. It's fun. It's it's lighthearted. It's it's got the drama. It's got the feel good sense in it, and it's just it's just what I don't know about. I don't know know about you, but I feel like I really needed this movie in this moment right now, and it's the kind of movie that I could keep watching over and over and over again. And admittedly, I probably have watched more than once or twice. Not gonna, not gonna tell you how many times I've watched the movie, but I have watched it several times since I, I received the screener and since it came out uh, on the third. And you know, one of the things that really stands out is the way that the movie is different from a lot of the other passion flicks movies and a lot of, you know, romantic comedies in general. You know, it's it's not often that the the story is told from the male perspective and drew evans is is he's not your typical guy he's he, there's a lot to him i mean there's there's a lot that goes into his character he's he's a player he's a suave ladies man he's self-assured and usually it comes off as is cocky and and he's someone who's always used to getting what he wants he gets his way all the time and so when kate comes into his life he realizes that you know she's not going to be she's not the typical person um that he is attracted to and she's engaged and so you know that presents another challenge he realizes that you know maybe she's not entirely happy with her relationship and it's not that he's trying to break apart her her relationship with you know with her fiance but there is something you know there's something there there's some tension there and he sees that you know she kind of feels the same way and so you know there's there's a lot to this movie and uh i think that's what makes it so special and and you know one of the reasons that that i feel it's so successful is that josh was able to come in and take you know take this character and mold him into a character that you know that it's a very very fine line that you know that he has to play so that you don't come off as a total asshat because Drew could be an asshat in certain situations. But at the same time, you know, there's, there's so much vulnerability that he has because he's used to getting his way. So what happens when you don't get your way and what happens when, you know, you're presented with a challenge that you don't know how to deal with. I mean, that's, those are some of the things that, that the movie 
covers. And I think it's really interesting to see how it all came about. And it's, uh, it's something that I, I really, <laughs> I really enjoy. And, um, it's funny because as I'm, as I'm recording this, I'm thinking about, uh, the walking dead. It's, it's kind of random, but the walking dead's coming back this in a couple of weeks. And one of the things, if you've known me for a while, you know, that I've been covering the walking dead for a very long time, but one of the things that makes it challenging, you know, you have to have a balance and I think that's why I appreciate Tangled so much. And, you know, as much as I love all of the Passion Flicks movies, I'm really appreciative when you can see a movie that, uh, when there's a movie or a book for that matter. I mean, I, I tend to, I've noticed in my reading lately that I'm gravitating towards more lighthearted stuff, um, you know, staying away from the the dark stuff because it's just, it's, I think that's where my brain is right now. There's so many things going on in the world and you know, there's a lot of darkness out there and still a lot of uncertainty and a lot of issues. And, you know, it's one of the things that I love about movies is that, you know, you should be able to go to a movie and, and kind of escape from reality if that's what you're looking for. And so in my mind, being able to watch a movie like Tangled, where you don't have to worry about deep thoughts and, you know, it's, it's not, high drama. It's, it's fun. I mean, there's, there's a lot of laugh out loud moments and the cast is so perfect that you can feel their chemistry and you can just, they play off each other so well. And so all of these, these key moments from Emma's book come to life and you're like, okay, this is, this is great. This is exactly what I need right now. And I think that's why in the end it's, it's so eminently rewatchable. So I was really excited when, um, when Allie, arranged this, this interview with Josh. And, um, you know, I, I think what you're going to find from the interview is that, you know, there's a lot of really good insight into, you know, how he played the character and how, you know, how he approached the character and just, you know, some of the fun that he had on set. So I don't want to, uh, to take up too much time introducing this, but I will say that, um, you know, that, that Josh is known for roles and other things. He's been in iCarly, he's been on Grey's Anatomy, the Baxter's, he was on American Horror Story Apocalypse, which I think is really cool. So I kind of love that that variety that that Josh has in his career and I think that it really lends itself to to this role and I think that I I, I think that that Drew is is a perfect role for someone like Josh and I hope to see more of him. I mean we we actually do talk a little bit about, you know, the sequels and and if if the opportunity presented itself would he come back for the sequels and I think you'll like the answer. And I, I, I hope, I hope that they, they come about because if there's, if you've read the sequels to Tangled and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of story left to tell. So one last thing before we get to the interview, just remember to, um, you know, if you could do me a favor, like the podcast, review the podcast, subscribe to the podcast and all of those wonderful things available on all the podcast platforms. And I really do appreciate your support. So thank you so much to everybody who has subscribed and to all of the, the reviews and the comments and the likes and everything that helped me keep bringing the podcast to you on a regular basis. So without any further ado, here is my interview with star of Tangled, Josh Plass. Okay. So today I'm so excited to talk to Josh Plass from Tangled. He plays Drew and I am so, I mean, I, I've been excited for this project since it was announced and Tangled is one of my favorite books because it's so different. So 
talking to Josh is, is so exciting and I'm so excited to be able to bring this interview with you. Josh, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? Of course. Yeah, I'm doing better now. I'm excited to be <laughs> here and, uh, and get this going. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I mean, we have to start by acknowledging that, that Tangled is a special kind of story. I mean, it's not your run of the mill. I mean, it, when you try to put it, in, it's, it's even hard to put in a box. I mean, it's not, it's not like a traditional rom-com. It's not a traditional romance. I mean, typically these, these stories are led by women. It's told from a woman's perspective. And, you know, when Emma wrote this book, it's just so different than anything that I think anyone really imagined. And so it, it, I think that's why people love it so much. What were your thoughts when you first were approached with this project? I mean, what, what goes through your head when, you, when you, someone says, hey, we want you to play this guy and this is the story? I mean, what's that like? What, what are you thinking in that moment? Oh, yeah. Wow. No, I agree. Um, I mean, I'm thinking a lot of things, of course, but uh, to start... A lot of the same things, you know, you have your initial fears and worries of the character being unlikable and being a bit too, um, you know, risque and out there and, and crazy. Um, but ultimately, I think I saw a really good side to him and I thought it was just super funny. I mean, the script was absolutely hilarious. So when I read it, I, I was actually sitting right here. I, I think I've said this once or twice now, but I stayed up till like midnight just reading the script through. And usually, that's not to say that that's that late but if you're reading a script that's just okay you're like all right i'll pick it up tomorrow or, or whatever you know and mm -hmm. i just thought it was hilarious i read the whole thing in one passing laughed out loud multiple times so um my thoughts started to change i was like all right i can see where this would actually be really fun really different um and for me i've played a lot of younger roles in the past on other things so i wanted to step up and play something that was more manly more fun and just uh, a little bit more charming you know how, at what point did you read the book? Did you, I mean, because obviously there's, there's a lot, a lot you can glean from the character, yes. from the script to the book. 100%. Um, I read the book right after, I want to say two days after I knew I got the job. Okay. Um, so I read the script and, you know, as helpful as books are, obviously, uh, when, sometimes when I get the script, ultimately that's all that's there is the script. Like you're not filming the book. You know what I mean? It's as tough as it is to say, it's just what's on the page there. So I started just really dissecting that and really, really getting into the headspace of that. And then when I found out that I got the job, I was like, okay, now I, now I need to go get the book. Now I need to read it and have a, a greater understanding of Drew, a better backstory and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What is it? I mean, what was your initial impression of, of Drew? I mean, what, what did you know that was, you know, what struck you about his character and how did you, like, did you have any initial thoughts of like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I have to do this. I mean, this is how I'm going to have to do it to make this be as real as possible. For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I did actually. Um, I, uh, you know, I think I've even said this once now, but to some, to summarize, it's sort of like, when you get a character that's this aggressive and has no filter and doesn't care about what he says to women, I, um, you know, you have the novel. And so you sort of, when you're reading it, you have this fictitious thing in your mind and you, you sort of uh, envision the perfect character, right? And when you're reading something, it's really easy to forgive them because you don't see all the negative quirks associated with the character because you're just imagining this perfect guy, right? Particularly in a romance novel. But when I read it, I was like, okay, I could see how watching this, I would hate this guy. <laughs> I think so that, that was my number one thing immediately was making sure that I understood the, that 
you know, these are just completely different mediums of storytelling. A book and, and, and film are just totally different. So I needed to find the vulnerability of the character. I needed to find everything that makes him likable and funny and fun and mm-hmm. just completely zone in on that instead of the jokes. And I think that by doing that, you know, the jokes are always going to be funny, but hopefully I would find myself in some sort of a middle ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, you know, hopefully I did. <laughs> yeah, no, you absolutely did. Cause I mean, it's such a, it's such a fine line to walk. I mean, it's not, you know, it, it's, it's funny and it's meant to be funny, but at the same time, there are people like Drew out there and that's okay. what, you know, yeah. for yeah. better, or for worse. I mean, I, I mean, I, I remember the first time I read the book. And so before I became a writer full-time, I was an assistant athletic director. So I worked with college student athletes specifically men's basketball which was fun like we were on the road I lived with them I mean we were on the road all the time like they were in my office all the time and I remember reading this story and thinking like the perspective that I had of younger guys (laughs) college like so it's specifically college age guys because that's who I was you know that's the group I was with but you know there were a lot of Drews in that in that world and so I was like you know there is a lot of true I mean it's not all exaggeration I mean Drew Drew is not an exaggeration because those people exist but there's a way to do I mean when you kind of understand the character and when you understand that perspective I think that's why it's so interesting as you know as a woman to read that story and and if you don't have that background or if you don't have any prior knowledge of like you know what guys say when they think nobody's listening because <laughs> god knows god knows i had plenty of those times when i'm just i'm like guys i'm right here i'm right here did you did you really have to go and say that like i now i can't get that out of my head i have to like bleach my eyeballs now <laughs> but they do i mean like because there's so many moments you know in the story when you know when when drew comes out and he kind of breaks that fourth wall and he's like you know this is how it is and it's like there is a lot of truth to that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's a very funny and very good example too of <laughs> traveling <laughs> with a, a college, you know, a collegiate team. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, what do you say? I mean, people suck. <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, in, guys in particular really suck. Um, no, I mean, we, you know, they say there's locker room talk and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, there, you know, there's a lot of guys like that um, who are just condescending, demeaning everything else. And um, you know, I'd like to think on a human heart condition level that it's not malicious or just like mm-hmm. intentionally bad that maybe they just are trying to fit in or be cool or something. I'm not really sure. Um, but I've seen it a lot in my life and I wanted to make sure that I went as far away from that as I mm-hmm. could. And I think, you know, the director, Tracy, had told me that in some of the audition tapes before um, I had been reached out to, a lot of the guys were doing that. We're coming in and just trying to be Mr. Suave, sexy, this, that, and the other. And it's like, it's not funny, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's not likable either. So um, I think that's an easy trap to fall in. Yeah. And because it does, it, it, it also, it plays into the vulnerability that he's trying to hide so much. And I think that's one of the things that you're able to capture so much in the way that you bring him to life, because in you know as much as he is drew wants to be this person who is you know so self-assured and can get anything there's you know there are aspects of his life that you know that are missing i mean he has this wonderful niece and he's you know if if everything kind of continued the way it was i could see him being like the cool uncle for the rest of his life 
Yeah. And then getting to the point in his life, you know, like when he's 70 being like, dude, I should have gotten married. Like I should have had, I should have done something, you know, and like 100%. He, yeah. He had no idea. And then, you know, for this to all, for, for Kate to come into his life and everything like it, and then to say no, like no one said no, you know? And, and so there were so many, there were so many things where it also reflects that vulnerability because he's never had that experience before. And so you have to kind of play that up too, that, you know, he's rattled through most of the movie, like, yeah, until yeah. he gets what he wants. Definitely. Very, very true. Yeah. That's a great point. And um, I think that in some ways makes a challenging uh, job, but in some ways makes it a lot easier because it just kind mm -hmm. of, it kind of um, clarifies what you want all the time, you know, in a given scene, it's very easy to know what stakes are, what I want, what I'm trying to accomplish. And um, with Drew, it's funny because the way in which he tries to accomplish things is so ridiculous. <laughs> that I, I get to have fun with, you know, manipulating uh, everybody around me mm -hmm. and trying to get the ultimate one of the scene. So I, I thought it was just an absolute blast in that way. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that's so special about passion flicks and the way that, you know, that the directors and especially Tracy, I mean, Tracy is, was great throughout the process, sharing so much content from set. And it just, it looked like you were having a blast mm -hmm. and, and knowing, knowing how many moments were in the script. I mean, this, unlike some other passion flicks movies, they're a little heavier and it's a little bit harder to imagine people laughing out loud on set, but yes. I can only imagine that you guys were having so much fun oh, bringing these yeah. scenes to life. Oh my gosh. Yeah, most definitely. This was, I mean, truth, truth be told, this was one of the more fun experiences I've had on set really ever. Um, we were cracking up constantly and Catherine who plays Kate was just awesome. We got really close on the set. So it was good to have a, a friend and, and someone who, you know, you're on screen with for, freaking 30 days in a row it's like you better all enjoy each other and make each other laugh or else you're in trouble <laughs> um and you know the same goes for most all really yeah really, honestly everyone on set and i'll be truthful with you usually there's a couple bad eggs and i don't think there was this time i think i you know we just had so much fun nearly every day and a lot of these were night shoots you know we would roll until 4 a.m at times which is actually pretty tough when you're kind of getting in that, that uh, you know, different circadian rhythm and you're not sleeping well to get there and, and start your day at 5 p.m., wrap at 5 a.m. and still be joking the entire time. <laughs> like, you know, you know, it's good. Um, so, yeah, no, we, we had a blast. Oh, I love it. I love it. And it, that's what I really feel like Passion Flicks is so special because I've never heard a bad experience. It seems like everyone who's involved is just phenomenal and but the casting in this movie i have to say everybody just clicks i mean there's there's it, it's so special watching these relationships i mean you know watching drew and mackenzie you're just like oh my god like yes like of course like he's just got that wallet out he's ready to go i mean and these are these are such integral moments in the book you know that the, the fans were wanting to see but to see that there was so much camaraderie on the set you know obvious there must have been I mean between the behind the scenes photos and then seeing the finished movie I mean it shows that there was a lot of connection between the cast to bring it to life to so you know to such an extent yeah yeah <clears throat> no most definitely I mean uh to reiterate what I said I I really really thoroughly enjoyed everyone's company and um I mean I have nothing but good things to say and you know we were talking about it the other day it's like we actually didn't rehearse a lot on this mm -hmm. film which i think is good at times and while normally you want to you know we rehearsed a few times but 
when you're close with people and you're able to just have an authentic connection and truly react from what the person's giving you, it's going to work out better 100% of the time than coming in with preconceived notions and rehearsing it the exact same way, beating it to a dead horse. And it just, you take the acting out of it, you take the thrill of, of um, authentic reactions. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just kind of this, um, this sort of dog and pony show of like, okay, this is how it's going to go. You're going to hit this mark at this time. Give me this reaction, make your face like this. And I was like, all right. What are we doing here? <laughs> you know? um, and, and if you get close with people, it allows you to play more and have more freedom and fun. And when the crew, particularly Tracy, and the people in charge allow you to play and, and improv and have flow, it's just always going to make a better product. Oh, absolutely. Was there a lot of improv? Did you guys have moments where you were going? Yeah. Is there a specific moment that you can point to in the movie so that we can go back and watch and see how it, <laughs> it, it see it? Oh my gosh, they had to stop me from improving um, a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, I mean, they're in the film that actually went through. There's actually quite a few. The, the, I'm trying to think. For example, um, when when um, my dad gives us the assignment together, and we're we're like, okay, fine, we're gonna do this. The scene wraps, and Drew is like, uh, meet me in my office because you know yours is too small. <laughs> she was like that's not in the script none of that was in the script I was just like I'm not, this is too small and she was just sitting there like not laughing off camera um so moments like that there's a ton that I just completely winged off the top of my head and, and you know she was cracking up and vice versa so what you're saying is that if 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 and when the blooper reel comes uh, comes about there's going to be a lot of really good material in there Oh yeah, the blooper reel will be exceptional. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. Was there a scene that you got you found particularly enjoyable, or or to to pin onto that? Was there a scene that you knew you had to hit perfectly to bring Drew to life? And that that might be two separate questions, but yeah. um, you know, was was there were there moments where you're like, I have to get this right, and then were there moments where you're like, I love this, and it's I know they don't usually, I mean, people seem to be surprised. Sometimes sometimes people get surprised the way the filming actually works. Like you're not actually doing like page one on no. day one. Yeah, and so cool. like how you come into Drew, you could be like halfway through the movie on, you know, so you, so you kind of have to be Drew from day one, but the scene yeah. that really brings Drew to life isn't until like, you know, 15 days into the shoot. And then it's like, oh yeah, I've been doing this for two weeks now. Yeah, better get it right day one. Yeah, totally. No, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, to answer the question, I, I'd say the scene I enjoyed the most and thought was the most important was um, right before Kate goes up and sings on stage at the bar. Um, just the sort of five minutes, four minutes of just getting to know one another and um, sort of falling in, you know, falling for each other with all the drinks and, you know, that the shot glasses are piling up and they're just <laughs> having a ton of fun right before they go to the car and that stuff. I would say that was the most important because that is the make or break of believability for the relationship there. Because, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, she's engaged and mm -hmm. that often gets overlooked. It's like, you know, it, that's, a, that's a big deal. And one of my fears was like, okay, this woman's engaged and she's been with this guy for seven years and we're going to believe that it's just... Drew walks in and we're out of here, you know? <laughs> yeah. so I felt like she and I's connection had to be just really, really strong to believe mm -hmm. that and keep it grounded in reality. So that scene was really important to me. And subsequently, it was also the most fun. So that was one. And then <clears throat> maybe the Drew McKenzie scene is really important as well. 
um, just throwing rocks out, you know, talking to each other about life. And, and I think that scene, even though it's not in the dialogue, subconsciously it, it should be shown that, you know, he's learning and mm -hmm. he's learning. And I think that you have to be able to follow that character arc, um, which is tough to convey at times if it's not in the dialogue and you have to show it through expression and other things. So um, yeah, those would be my two, those would be two scenes. Awesome, awesome. I, In my mind, I, I was betting that the scene right before she sings, I, I, I figured that yes. something about that scene was gonna be in there, so. I like My it. instincts were right. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, no, that's that's a great scene. That's a great scene. Yeah, no, it's 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 so perfect. It is so perfect. What's it been like? I mean, now that we're talking, because usually when I talk to people, it's before the movie comes out. So we can't really talk about, you know, what it's been like to see the reactions and everything. And and yeah. I all I, I I've been looking at it and everybody just absolutely loves it. So I published a review on Monday and people were like, oh my God, they're so excited because I I saw it on Friday and I was like, couldn't say anything until Monday. And I was like sitting on it for so long, just going, oh, people are going to love this. And people were so excited to see it. So when it actually came out, so for whatever, for listeners of the podcast, it came out yesterday and we're talking on Friday. So what have you seen? I mean, what, what have you, you know, are you hearing from fans? You know, what, what has it been like to hear from people after, you know, bringing this movie to life and now you're getting to see the, the fruits of your labor? Oh yeah, it's been crazy. I honestly can't say I've had an experience where people love the product more, um, truly. I mean, I, I, I've i done a number of shows that had really good fan bases like Grey's Anatomy and iCarly mm -hmm. and things like that. And I got a lot of love for those, but there's so, you know, I was never the guy like this in, in that sense. And because this book has such a following, um, oh my gosh, it's been insane. <laughs> I mean, it's been insane. I've been, I mean, I, I don't want to say a number because I really don't know what it is, but you know, I've, I've had a very good amount of people reach out to me who are fans of the book, whether that's through social media or email or, or phone number and all that, all kinds of things. Really, <laughs> not even sure some of them are getting that, but that's neither here nor there. And uh, just you know, loving it, being really and being really, no one has been inappropriate at all. Everything's been all love and just like really, really, really kind, saying that they they enjoyed it, that I was the Drew they had imagined, this, that, and the other. And it's just been really awesome. I mean, and to see on on the Passion Flick site and their socials, thousands of people giving praise. It's like usually on a given film, you're gonna get a 50-50 response, especially mm -hmm. with an adaptation from a novel. Half the people are gonna hate the person that was casted. And I was waiting for that because in the in the book, I mean, the way I saw him, he was he was described as this 6'3", you know, super buff, perfect guy. And I was like, all right, well, I don't, that's not me. <laughs> Give it my best. Um, so, you know, I had actually felt like I was probably not going to get the best response. And even when they, Flix originally put up the photos of us, they, they chose a kind of a younger photo and some of the crowd hadn't liked that. And I was like, all right, well, here we are. Um, <laughs> and it just totally, you know, took a 180. So um, I'm just really happy with the overwhelming love and support. It's, it's been really wonderful. Yeah. Would you, you know, there are other books in the series. Would you come back and bring those books to life if you had the opportunity? Yeah, I mean, you know, we'd have to see how everything um, played out, but mm -hmm. but yeah, most definitely. I mean, if the question is, would I like to play Drew again somehow? Of course. Yeah, he is a ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it must be fun as an actor, like knowing that everybody knows this story. I mean, it's, it's you know, that's that's what's kind of interesting about Passion Flicks and that they're so dedicated to these scripts and, and you know, that they're dedicated to making them as authentic and, and you know, as, as, you know, dedicated to the books as possible. So 
everyone kind of knew. I mean, there's no, there, you really can't like say, oh, spoiler alert, this is what happens because everybody's read the book. So, yeah, yeah. you know, so I, I, from my perspective, I've had a lot of people say, well, do you know what's going to happen? Like, are they going to bring the other books to life? And it's like, yeah, I think that would be fantastic. But uh, yeah. the, the, the Drew and Kate's story takes quite a turn. <laughs> so it would be a very different kind of story. <laughs> it does. I, I actually have not finished um, the second book. Sorry, I'm going to plug this in so my computer yeah. is out here. Um, I actually haven't finished the whole story, the whole sequence of stories. So um, I'm aware of what happens to Drew and Kate, but um, I know that Matthew and Dee Dee have a book. I know there's, you know, I know there's a lot going on. So um, I'm, I'm sitting tight and waiting to hear what, uh, what comes next, if anything. Oh, I love it. I love it. That is so cool. Well, if you'll, if you will, um, play along, I have a series of questions. You might actually know these questions, but I thought the best way to kind of end this interview this has been so much fun yeah it did but i think it would be fun to do uh well i'm not even going to say i'm just going to say I, I ripped off the questions from inside the actor studio <laughs> okay i didn't even try to change them because like, <laughs> this. and besides like as i was looking at them they ripped them off from some french guys so it's like it's all a ripoff so like so i'm just borrowing i'm borrowing because i respect and admire them yes so we but, owe, you know, we owe like, the french gentlemen are are uh, everything we know that yes yes they're the ones who came up with it so you know i'm just just going along with it but i thought it would be fun because hopefully this isn't the last time that we have this conversation about a movie so i think it'd be fun to get to know you a little bit better with some really revealing and fun questions that i think you know everybody it. would love to know so let's do it so uh i'm no james lipton but uh we can pretend we're in the middle of, of a class or something but Josh, <laughs> tell me, what is your favorite word? Favorite word? Yes. Mm. Question number one. Splendiferous, which is not a real word. I know, it's a great word. It should be, <laughs> but not. <laughs> That's going to be my choice. I'm going with it. Excellent. Excellent. What's your least favorite word? Rump, rubbish? Rummage? Something in that place? Probably rubbish. Yeah, I'm going with rubbish. That's my choice. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I like it. I like it. What what turns you on? Mm, just in a life sense, a, a sexual sense. How are we talking here? James left it up to the to the individual to come up with whatever they wanted to, whichever direction they wanted to take it. That's what, what made that one. Is um, passion. Period. About anything. Somebody that's passionate about something. Uh, my own passion, something that, you know, it has to mean something, just passion is my one, one word answer. It's like, if, if someone's passionate about something, even if it's ridiculous, I can't help but be attracted to that. I can't help but uh, be turned on by that and just really like that, you know, um, in every sense of the word and the meaning. I just think that's really alluring on, on anyone, um, just passion. I love it. I love it. What turns you off? Mm. Probably judgment. Um, people who are heavily judgmental, my own judgment, um, comparative mind, you know, uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to surmise with one word answers here. So I'm going with passion and judgment. <laughs> Those are my two awesome. answers. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. What noise or sound do you love? Mm. This is a weird one, but the sound of boxing gloves hitting a bag is a cool glove. It's a very, very cool sound to me. It triggers memories. It's fun. It, 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 it hits everything I love in life, no pun intended. Wow, that's creative. 
So on the flip side then, what noise or sound do you hate? Oh, can't even say it. Filing. Filing oh. fingernails. Ah. <laughs> Immediately. That gets me. Oh. Filing fingernails. Yep. Yep. Isn't it funny? There are some that you just, oh yeah. I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, what's your, what's your favorite curse word? Curse word. Favorite curse word. Mm. I don't know that I have one. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm cursing, I'm, I'm kind of just equal with them all, you know, I'd have to say, I don't have one really. Yeah. Otherwise I'd be lying. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an equal opportunity curse word user. Equal opportunity cursor. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I always thought that question was funny because they usually have to bleep it out anyway. So right, right, right. it was you're like, so what did they say? Like, you know, I want to hear it. Like, I want to, I want to hear it unfiltered. Like they're going to say it, but you know. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Ooh, would I like to attempt or would I like to have attempt, attempted? Um, either way. Mm. Um, my father was a Navy SEAL. And before I went into acting, I was actually doing pre-buds and, and studying Homeland Security in college. So, um, I would say I would have loved to do the teams, but like took me in a different direction. Um, uh -huh. So I'm going with that. Yeah, I'm with the other Nice, nice. What profession would you not like to try? Hmm. Painting? <laughs> Painting, because even if I could be passionate for it, think it would bore me and that's no disrespect to the painters out there I think it's an amazing craft I think it's absolutely lovely but yeah I feel like I would have a cap because it's subjective like yes acting is also subjective but there's so much more to this industry I feel like if I'm painting you know I can get better and better until I hit my plateau of being good and then it would just be completely subjective of if my work is ever getting better and I feel as though it would be hard to get passionate about it and it would take me so long to paint something that was really good anyways, I would just get bored, you know? So I'm going with painting. <laughs> That's a, and I, and the, the irony is I like painting. I enjoy painting, but as a profession, not for me. Interesting. These are like some of the, I'm gonna have to like send these in somewhere. Jeez, these are great <laughs> answers. They're so much better than like anybody. I mean, like Matt Damon's like giving these weird answers. Like these are thoughtful, man. I mean, you're like, you're like linking them back and go, oh, yeah, staying on theme. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so the last one is, uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you see my cross here. I, I, I believe it fully. I just want to hear him say, well done, son. That's it. Well done, my child. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear you did what you could. Well done. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I love it. This has been so much fun and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to be on the podcast and, and for bringing Drew to life in, in such an extraordinary way. Thank you so much. Seriously. I appreciate that. And this has been great. It's been one of my favorite interviews ever. It's really lovely meeting you and uh, being on the show. Well, well, thank you so much. And um, hopefully we get to chat soon. I have no doubt. All right. Thank you.